everyone is incredibly good. They're like almost, it's like the place to go for as of yet undiscovered band. But I found my way. So welcome back to the Spun Show, to our special episode for Mile of Music this week. Um, I'm really pleased to have Daniel from the Vagabonds here as our special guest. Thanks for coming by the studio. Thanks for having me. This episode is really all just about showcasing some of my favorite bands that come through the festival in years past, but also might be new this year. Um, Vagabonds have been here before. Yep. How many years? This is our third year. Third year. Mm -hmm. So people are starting to really get to know you guys, which is it great. It seems like it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you see the crowd swelling? Oh man. Yeah. It's the, the past two shows this year has been way different for us. Uh, the first two shows we've had have been jam packed out. It's been really cool. That's awesome. Um, so for those uh, people that are listening that might not know what the Vagabonds sound like, how would you describe it? Well, it's like I was telling you earlier, it's hard to describe. I mean, from my perspective, being in the band, but the best way I can put it is a mixture between, we call it Southern rock or we call it New South rock or alternative Southern rock. I mean, there's so many different labels we put on it, but our main influences are Tom Petty and the Almond Brothers. Basically mash that together and you get a little jam, uh, but I, from my perspective, I focus on the songwriting and making great melodies, you know, and hooky choruses. That's awesome. And then our guitar player is just a killer, uh, and he loves the Almond Brothers, so that's where you get that jam from. Yeah. And so He looks the part, too. Yeah, he does. He's got it down. <laughs> yeah. He's got it down. Well, the whole band does. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Um, and you guys are from Alabama, right? Originally from Alabama. Uh, we all met at Auburn University there in Auburn, Alabama, and uh, then we moved up to Nashville in 2012, and that's where we're based out of now. And you're still going. Still going. That's awesome. Ten years. So for uh, for those of you that want to hear what they sound like, we're gonna play a little clip right here. So that's a little bit of a taste of what the Vagabonds sound like. Um, so I guess what a lot of people probably want to want to know from people that are either coming from Nashville or down south or or East Coast, West Coast, anything like that. What's the experience like coming to Mile Music or Appleton or what, however you define it in your head? The, the closest thing that I can describe it as um, we've done three tours in Europe and it reminds me of Europe because you know the first time we came here we've never even been to wisconsin period on tour we come up here and and everybody's just so nice and accepting you know it reminds me of the south a lot actually just nice people the experience of coming of coming here oh, yeah, and yeah. what it's like playing here the folks just came out and even the first year when we came here the crowds were great and people knew the songs i'm like this is our kind of place already i can tell you know and now I, I took a second last night at our show at Spats and even on stage, and I'm like, the first year we played at Spats, there's 50 people in this parking lot. Mm -hmm. Last night it was close to 1,000. Yeah. So I just had to take a second and, you know, take it in. Yeah. Just breathe for a second and take it in because uh, Milo Music 
is very special. I hope that everybody that watches or listens to this that's in Northeast Wisconsin understands that and doesn't get to be, um, I'll say complacent with like the vibe that is created during this weekend. Because for a, for a lot of people, like I grew up with music as a big part of my life and just the arts and culture. Um, I, I, I see this as like Christmas in August. Oh yeah. And the city basically turns in to a collection of like everything we're proud of here in four days. Mm -hmm. And I hope that people don't just become accustomed to like, Oh yeah, it's just how it is. Like, no, it's really special. Right. And when you have somebody that you guys have been touring, I think you said on the show the other night that, um, you, been touring 10 years now or or you've been a band for 10 years february of 09 we started yeah so you've been in it for 10 years in alabama georgia slash nashville and you come in and you say this is a special place totally you have a different context than people that live here Mm -hmm. 365 days of the year right yeah so i hope i hope we come in on the weekend where it's like popping off everything's great yeah and how is it throughout the whole year you guys have concerts come through here I will say, round, yeah, right? so um, pleasant, pleasant surprise. Um, so Mile Music is in mile seven this mm-hmm. year. And the, the dynamic from a pure fan standpoint, which would be my context, is that before Mile started, there was a lot of live music. Um, I was in a number of bands when I was in college and, and then shortly after college. And the biggest frustration from a musician standpoint was that all, there was a lot of live music and almost all of it was cover bands, at least the ones getting paid. Right, right. Um, and then Corey and Willem's marketing comes along and they say, we got an idea. And there's this underground current of, of really talented musicians around here and connections to other cities that have really talented musicians. Uh, and it, we, no one really knew how it was going to go. Um, so Vanessa, my wife, is helping to produce this show. I remember that we were we were like casually excited about it. And we were like, hey, let's go see. We've never heard any of these bands before. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just go see. And it was awesome. And from that moment on, steadily over the span of a few years, and now it's really changed the whole dynamic around here, where they're still now continually throughout the year a lot of live music options and i i can honestly say that the only thing i can point back to was the first mile yeah it 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 had to be special that first one it was and it wasn't as full like now you get sixty thousand people i know and but year one i think they got they estimated like five or ten or i don't remember but um there were no waits for bars you could just walk in they were they were full but they weren't capacity right right and houdini plaza was not packed jones park was not packed like it, it was it was busy but not nearly full and that started this wave of momentum of like pure honest art mm-hmm. and now throughout the year um, there's different music venues that you can go to except for like monday nights or tuesday nights but from from wednesday <clears throat> through the weekend almost every week there's something to go see which it's is a great awesome time. and it's not a cover band right there still are those well yeah you got to have those every once in a while but the thing that gets me about music venues you, you see a lot of them even in nashville 
that are kind of leaning on these tribute shows to bring in money. I, I get it. It's a business thing. But some of our favorite venues, you know, it's like, man, how many, how many cover bands can come through here? How many tribute <laughs> nights are you going to have? Yeah. Like, why don't we get some good music in here? Yeah. Which it's all good. Everybody's good in Nashville. But I'm, I, I like the vibe that you guys have up here. Because, and we tell everybody year round. Yeah. Literally, we spread the word hard for you guys like if you if you want to take a vacation if you want to you know have a summer vacation and you like music festivals that may not be on your radar nationally yet it's getting there i was like man you got to go to appleton yeah it's it's really that good well from a resident here thank you yeah (laughs) because it because it's something that we're all really proud of and it's just like we want we want everybody to know about it it's so cool and we're just so we're we it's such a good reflection of just like pure honest art art in the form of music and a lot of other stuff too um and good people and you put those two together and it's just like christmas like it is it is so um so how how are the vagabonds doing what what how what's the career state uh, of the of the the traveling band and new albums or yeah where, where do you think you're at right now we're doing great man uh we just released our fifth record in january called v um, and it's our first record with a record label. We, we signed a record deal back in this time last year, last August. And um, that's been going really good. We got a publishing deal with Blue Water Music in Nashville. So on that side of things, it's, it's really well. Uh, we just released a new song, Colorado Evergreen, which you just heard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just... I, what we love to do is put out music constantly, keep people interested in what we're doing because people get uh, very distracted these days. Short attention spans. Even when you put out a really killer song, you know, you got to keep doing it. Yeah. Because they want the next one. I'm the same way with, with bands I love. Mm-hmm. I want to hear what you got next. That was cool, but what else do you have? You know, it's that kind of mentality in the music business. So you got to keep pushing to write the next best song but also what we're kind of learning is the team behind everything mm-hmm. is what's going to take you to the next level yeah and we have a great team i would also there's argue that there's probably a silver lining in that if you're forced to keep coming out with something new you get a little better oh you have to yeah so like you listen from album to album and it just becomes a little bit more polished yep like the songs flow just a little bit better you can sense like what that would sound like live right like a little easier mm-hmm. um well that's a great thing for us is we get to we do tour year round so the way that we pick songs to go on the album is we'll play them all live and see what what kind of feedback you get off a song that you play for the first time uh for for v the record we just put out we wrote probably 25 songs and we only put eight on the record because those were the ones that were popping live. Yeah. You know? And so it's a, it's a really cool process for us. And re- I feel like it's unique. Uh, we, we pretty much get like a little test market every show. Yeah. That's great. And I think the sound that you guys have as well, it, it lends itself really well to be able to test different songs and, and still have them go over well. Like some bands, are really alternative or really experimental or something like that. And you can tell that they're like playing with stuff, mm-hmm. but it seems like when you guys come out with music that it seems like 
a solid song. So even if you're testing it, the audience is like, man, this is jamming. Well, I, I never say this is a new song because it, it puts people in a certain mindset like, oh, they're playing a new song. Okay, I never <laughs> heard this. And it, it's, it's going to be judged even in, from a different perspective. If I'm like, hey, this is a brand new song. We want to try it out. Yeah. I'll say, I'm, I might say something like that after the song's played. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Well, I'll tell you that from a fan perspective, I never really thought of this until you just said this, but I remember like when I saw you guys, I thought there were certain ones I wanted to go find on Spotify, mm-hmm. right? But I didn't know what album they were on. I didn't know if they were new. I didn't know whatever. Um, so I was forced almost to listen through older albums. There you go. Because I was looking for certain songs yeah. and I didn't know if it was, like I said, I don't know if it was new or old or whatever. All I knew is that it was jamming. And I was like, I want to go find, I want to go find that. And I ended up finding, like, I always put my own custom Mile of Music favorites playlist together after every year. And I pulled like different ones from, from different albums that I wouldn't have done if you would have just said like, oh, there's a brand new one from an album that we got coming out or that oh, we yeah. just came out or whatever. Cause I would have just gone right to the new album and I just would have found it. You know, now you know the whole discography. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I didn't memorize all the names and everything, yeah. but, um, you didn't No. <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, my bad. Sorry, fans. <laughs> <laughs> Um, by the end of the weekend, I will, right? I'll yeah. play them all on repeat so many times. Yeah, I'll see you three more times or two more times or however many times you play. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so is there anything else that um, you would want fans or followers to know about stuff you have coming up? We, are, we do have some special releases coming up uh, this month and next month. We did a couple of uh, cover songs that we're going to put Oh, out. really? Yeah. Which you can't play at Mile. But, no, you can't play it at mile. But I do appreciate. I do appreciate. But it's a it's a fun thing to do, you know. Give your take on a classic song. Yeah. We did uh, a couple of years ago. We did Charlie Daniels' "Long Haired Country Boy," and we we did a different version of it. And it, we play it every single set except for mile on the road. Yeah. Uh, and it's all it's like a staple in our set. And then we just did "You Wreck Me" by Tom Petty. Mm-hmm. And uh, the night they drove all Dixie down by the band, and so we're gonna release those coming up, and just steady tour. We got um, we're going out on the road at the end of this month with a band uh, called Whiskey Myers. Have you ever heard of those guys? I have not. No, they're out of East Texas. They're a Southern rock band as well, and uh, great dudes. Yeah, I mean, great music. So looking forward to that. And then we, uh, you know, Blackberry Smoke. Have you heard of those guys? Nope. I, Another good band. You know, I need to, though. I you need to check the, these folks out. Yeah, this will be on record now, so I can, yeah. go, look, I can go look for We're them. We're going to do a show or a couple of shows with those guys at the end of this year, which is both of those pairings are great for us because it's just such a solid show, and they, they sell out everywhere, both bands. Yeah. And so it's good for us to get in front of people that enjoy this music already because of Whiskey Myers and Blackberry Smoke, and then we get to come in and present our stuff too. So. Yeah. We're looking forward to that, and then we've already got new music stacking up. I mean, there's another album coming. Pretty I was, soon. That's what I was going to ask because yeah. you got Colorado Evergreen, but then you yeah. said that you've got these other covers that are going to be. We're already we're released. already playing like two or three new ones live every night. That's awesome. Testing them out, like I was saying, and they're going well. Yeah, Colorado Evergreen. It, it was on. We didn't want to wait for that one. You know, we just put out a record in January, and then we followed it up with a single 
three months later. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't make sense, but it was so good. Like it was, it was going over so well in, at live shows. We were like, we got to get it out. Yeah. Just to have, because we're going to play it every single night. We want people to be able to find it and be able to jam to it when they go home. So it's kind of unconventional, but it's like I was saying, we're trying to keep steady flow of new material coming out all the time. So you had mentioned um, playing a few shows with these bands coming up. Um, before we started recording here, you when you were coming in, you said that um, a bunch of the bands that are all either under the, under the same manager, you said, are here? Or booking same, agent. Booking yeah. agent, yeah. Mm -hmm. So what's it like going to a festival where there's almost like this fraternity behind the scenes, not even with the audience, but just like a fraternity behind the scenes of, of bands and people that all know each other and know the music and respect each other and are, are at each other's shows and everything like that. What's that like? It's the coolest thing ever. Uh, and we do call it a fraternity or I do anyway. I'm like, man, that's how I would perceive it. It feels it. like yeah. a fraternity. You know, I, I wasn't in a fraternity in school or anything, but that's what it feels like. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so basically, yeah, everybody plays their shows. You catch as, as many as you can of your buddies, you know, the people you, that you love to see all year and they're up here. And then about one o'clock in the morning, everybody's in the courtyard all hanging out together. So I'm getting to hang out with all of my favorite bands. That's rad. It's cool. Yeah. And there's probably, because everybody's touring, playing different shows throughout the year, you probably don't get Oh, this never happens anywhere. That's awesome. It's, it's a mile of music. Yeah. That's why we. That's why we come here. That's and, one of the reasons we yeah. come here. And it has a different context for you than it does for the fan. Totally. Yeah. That's really really cool. All right. So before we recorded, we wrote down a couple of questions for each other. Um, so those of you that watched the Sponge Show and had for the last year and a half or so, um, you know that we we write down questions that we want to ask each other to kind of mix things up a little bit. So we'll go through that. And because All there's right. multiple segments in this show, we're not going to have as many, but we'll just do two each. Okay. So you want to go first? Sure. How many other bands do you know here at Mile of Music? I'm just going to guess because I don't know. It's a nice segue after what I just asked. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just going to guess. I'm trying to count out how many people are in the courtyard at night. No. Uh, probably 10 to 12. And, and plus then you think they all got multiple members in them, a lot of them. Yeah. So That's just bands that I know. Bands yeah. that, uh, that I'm really close with, probably five or six other bands that – I could go have a beer with it any time of the day and just sit there and talk. You that's know? cool. Yeah. That's really cool. All right, I'll do one. What made you start a podcast? So um, some history, I guess, uh, not related to Milo Music or anything like that. So there's a, um, a digital marketing company that I run, and um, t I guess two different, two different motivations. First was that I had a lot of people in the community that – we get involved through our job, through different events, different people giving back, different arts and culture things, um, sitting on different committees and boards and helping with different events. And um, I had a lot of people, not a lot, I had a few people asking me to share it. Like, mm. tell us what you're doing. Tell us what you're involved in. Tell us like what you're passionate about because you never talk about yourself or do like everything, everything is for other things. Um, so it kind of it became like a structure for my outlet mm -hmm. to to elevate things that I think are really cool happening. So even though Milo Music is already elevated, I I still can't get enough of it, and I want to showcase some of what I think are some of the better bands coming through here. Um, and and then the second thing is is really 
is more about um, giving back because there's a lot that we focus on in the nonprofit world around here. So we mm -hmm. brought people in as guests for, um, you know, different organizations that give back, whether it be uh, in the mental health field or whether it be, um, you know, raising money for arts and culture things or pop-up events or, or stuff like that. So, so that's really why. And, and it's not, it hasn't <clears throat> been, there's a lot of podcasts that are out there that are like, you know, about an industry or leadership or whatever. And I was just like, I just want to make something that I would listen to. Yeah. Of something that I care about. Exactly. Sounds like music. Yeah. 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 And I, I have a music background, so I don't play as much music anymore, which I should, but yeah, that's another you got your story. Podcast, I do. I got my <laughs> podcast. Yeah. I'm working that's on cool. some other music stuff. Too, that's so. cool. All right. Your second question, right, let's see. which is really the only reason why I came here. I want to know this. Would you rather have Auburn win the NCAA championship for basketball or football? <laughs> I think basketball, just because we've won for football. We, we did that, you know, and I, I was, we were in Auburn whenever that happened back in 2010, and it was mayhem, like you were talking about out here. For yeah, the, uh, for the Badgers when they beat Kentucky? Yeah. yeah. For all those people that are listening out there, maybe a few for Kentucky the Badger fans. run, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we did it in 2010, we had Cam Newton, and he just came through and tore it up, and we won the championship. And we were talking about it a minute ago. Auburn had a great basketball team this year, and they got oh, – it's hard for me to talk about. <laughs> they should have been in the championship game. It was a bad call. Yeah, it, it was, was a bad call. It, it, I think it was a bad call, too. So, I, I think basketball – we were so close last year, and Bruce Pearl is a great coach. He's bringing in phenomenal talent. And Bruce Pearl has Wisconsin ties. I don't know if you knew that. Does he really? Yeah, he, I didn't know that. He was the head coach of UW-Milwaukee for a long time. Okay. Yeah. Good guy. Yeah. I mean, great coach. He's turned it around there, and so I'm going basketball. All right. That's fair. And I like the reasoning, too. because yeah. I like, would love football, too. I mean, but if you can only pick one, <laughs> yeah. basketball. We could get stuck on that. I think so. What is my favorite band? Oh, man. Besides right, the right, Vagabonds. Well, okay. Right now? trying to think of what I've been listening to a lot. I go in these, I don't know if you do this, but like different seasons of the year. Like I go through these <clears throat> ebbs and flows with different seasons. Um, so what I tell you now might've been different in spring or different in winter or, or whatever. Um, different if there's like a new album that's out from somebody. Mm -hmm. I can tell you that like of all time, it'd probably be like Foo Fighters. Uh, yeah, I think I think Foo Fighters would be up there. Zeppelin would be up there, obviously. But those are like the cliche answers. Yeah, but like, there's a reason they're cliche. Yeah, they're that good. Yeah, um, there was a while um, after every mile of music, I go through this phase of like more folk Americana, blues stuff like that. So um, whether it be really blues heavy like joe bonamassa or things like that or if it's more folk heavy like chris stapleton and mm -hmm. um things like that i this summer i've been listening to a lot of the queens of the stone age oh yeah just i don't know why because it's just been a rocking summer i feel like i don't know it's, it's like not a it, bad thing it's just a different different mode i'm in or like i'll go into like audio slave and rage against the machine every once in a while oh, yeah. and then and then i go back so to my you, mild you're playlist. rocking this summer i had this summer has been a rocking <laughs> summer it has and it's been it's different like yeah different different 
times for different years I mm-hmm. guess, or different seasons. I get that. So I don't have a solid answer for what's my favorite band. I don't know. If yeah, I could, you just named off a bunch of good ones. If I could hang out with Dave Grohl for a day, I think I would do that. Yeah. I think that's an easy answer. That he seems like a guy that could just hang out in any room. Yeah. You know, and just talk to everybody in the room individually. Yeah. And you'd have your own story from Dave Grohl. Yeah. But then at the same time, like, I, I know it sounds corny because we're talking about Milo music, but like I'll go in these phases where I'll go through my like my favorites from Milo, and in my head they're just as good mm-hmm. because I remember being in the front row, I remember you know seeing them for the third time, and then getting to talk to them, hang out with them, buy a T-shirt, you know, yeah. all that kind of stuff, and it has like a deeper meaning. So I guess it just depends. So time of day, yeah. time of year. <laughs> yes, yes. So. Daniel, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Much appreciated. Really enjoyed it. On behalf of everybody in Appleton, thank you for being here and being part of the festival and adding the uh, just the solid show that your band puts on every time. Thank you. We, we love Appleton. We love Milo Music. Uh, the people are great. Yeah. So come back. The whole environment is yeah. amazing. So We're on vacation right now. It's just, This is great. Come back in the fall and go to a Packer game. And then, oh, yeah. And then, and we then play a show that. in Appleton. We need to do that. That'd be good. I would love that. All right. Thanks so much. And um, we've got some other guests on the show that we'll, we'll highlight next. So here on the Sponge Show, we have a special episode today, which is all about Milo Music. And I am really pleased to have uh, a singer slash uh, shared lead guitarist <laughs> slash electric violinist. Uh, Anything else in that? Uh, multi-hyphenate. Multi-hyphenate instrumentalist, <laughs> um, Coleman from Rare Creatures with us today. Yeah, happy to be here, man. So on behalf of everybody here in Appleton, the festival goers, just like a resident here, thank you for being part of Milo Music and part of the festival and, and just visiting, visiting our city, our small city in Northeast Wisconsin for a few days. This has been something that we've been looking forward to for like over a year. Since our since Matt and Caleb our our agents told us about it because they've been coming for I think it's Milata's fourth year here yeah something like that they've been telling us about it and we've like we could not be more happy to be here and grateful yeah well it's awesome it it becomes the it becomes the city that we're all so proud to live in and that as far as like culture and vibe and people and all that kind of stuff within four days. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people took off work for this I would imagine so yeah it just it's awesome the selection here is bonkers i it mean really like is. it's it's not any like massive headliners like big money like yep it's not people that cost a lot of money but it's everyone is incredibly good they're like almost it's like the place to go for as of yet undiscovered bands yep and every year from a from a concert goer or from a festival goer every year that i go i get to walk away with a whole bunch of new discoveries mm-hmm. that i n- never heard of never listened to before but they get added onto my playlists and buy their albums and all that kind of stuff and so now i'm like people jump in my car and playing music and they're like who's this yeah i'm like oh yeah they were at mile last year yeah they're kind of underground you might not heard them yeah yeah it's really hipster yeah (laughs) (laughs) no this is the place for that it's it's awesome it's really really great yeah so um rare creatures this is rare creatures first year being at mile correct it is it's our first year being uh anything Oh, first year as a band. Kind of, yeah. yeah. That's great. Yeah, our uh, album came out. Uh, we had our one-year anniversary of our first album on this tour, and we didn't realize it until the day of. <laughs> well, that's a 
good accomplishment, yeah. I guess. You could have given up along the year or, or along the way, right? Yeah, so we made it. You've, you've done it. <laughs> you've made it one year. <laughs> um, well, we're happy to have you. So for a, a lot of people, because you're new, new band, new here, yes. um, how would you describe your sound to uh, people who have never heard of you? Um, I, it's kind of like, I would say it's kind of like Nickelback, but with more like, uh, like rap metal. <laughs> That's not accurate. <laughs> no. Our, uh, so our, Limp Bizkit, basically. Yeah. yeah, well, if only. <laughs> no, our, uh, our bass player likes to joke that we are butt rock revival. <laughs> um, no, we're, I, I would say it's like experimental alternative rock with, uh, pop structured songwriting and heavy synthesizers. Yeah. So our I could see that. we take influence from like bands like Alt J and Radiohead and stuff, but we are a little bit uh, more in your face. They're a little more subtle than us in a good way. Edgy. You're edgier. <laughs> oh yeah. Is that a bad word? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But yeah, no. But you you're I not say, you're not would, far off on I that. I would say that as a compliment. Like, thank you. If I was listening to Alt J, yeah, I would be like, man, I wish this was a little edgier. Yeah, they. <laughs> So yeah, we all have different styles. Like our drummer yeah. is like a straight up metal drummer. I can tell you about the songwriting process if yeah. you're interested. Like so, basically, like I come up with like the basic concept of it at my house and like produce it and like put in filler parts for everyone. But then everyone puts their own spin on it. Mm -hmm. And the reason we're a rock band is because of everyone else, not necessarily because of me. Yeah, because my influences and tastes really aren't quite in that area, but everyone else like the way we all meld together it becomes that which yeah. is cool and that's a band yeah, yeah exactly that's awesome. exactly that's awesome yeah um so we'll we'll showcase your music a little bit and um give everybody a little taste of what rare creature sounds like right here So thanks for sharing that with us. A uh, little preview for a new album coming out, maybe? That's it, yeah. We're working on a second full length right now. That's awesome. Um, well, I've really gotten a, a, a great chance to, to hear you guys live and listen before, you got, before the festival starts, because I like to go on Spotify and like preview everybody's music right. and everything. Um, and saying before, like walking away every year with basically a new find, I would consider Rare Creatures to be like my new find coming out of this year so far. We still got like a day and a half left, but very cool. Yeah. So it's been officially added to the playlists of, of the rolling mile of music playlist that I have where I just keep adding stuff to it. Awesome. Yeah. So, it's, so thanks for being here. It's great. If I'm correct, most of the stores and like most of the places you go when there's house music on, it is a mile playlist, correct? Uh, not most. There really? are certain ones. Yeah. Okay. And I would say, um, I mean, during this weekend for sure. Yeah. But there's, but uh, yeah, I meant, yeah. There are a number of places where you go now and you'll just be sitting there and be like, oh, yeah, this is like Wild Adriatic. Or yeah. this is Corey. I've shazammed more here, be, like purely based on liking what I'm hearing coming out of the speakers than 
anywhere else and it's all people that are currently here that's awesome yeah it's really cool like illiterate light is a huge yeah. one yeah they're, they're here they, they tour with a lot of our friends and i haven't seen them yet but i've heard they're amazing it's interesting to hear that from a band member because as a festival goer i'm like yeah that's like every festival like every mile that comes around it's like trying to figure out who that is or what that sounds like or who they are and make sure that i get them bookmarked or whatever and the musicians are doing the same thing the band and i have had i've been a touring musician since i was eight, 18 so i'm 27 now so like nine years and i've known a lot of these bands for a really long time and the, the rest of the guys it's kind of their first touring project but anyway so i'm like we need to go and support every band that we know and they're just like we want to find new bands and we, all, we had a discussion. They're like, we've seen all these bands. Like, <laughs> why don't we go check some new stuff out? But it's, it's a tough balance because yeah. it feels so, so good as a performer. Like last night when we played at um, Bar on the Avenue, like all of our friends were there. Like, and they were all showing up to support us, and it felt so good. And it was our, our yeah. favorite set so far of the weekend, partially because of that. Tell me a little bit about Rare Creatures as far as, um, you know, where you're from, how you got started, because because it's such a new it's such a new group, um, and uh, what the future is looking like. How about we'll start with where how it started and where you're from. I used to be in a different band called Stoplight Observations. That's also from Charleston, and um, I was in that from like high school, college age till uh, like 2015, 16, and. Um, we did like, I don't know, it was just like, that just, it went from playing in people's backyards, like the Wonderwall shit. Um, <laughs> I can swear. Yeah. Okay. Um, F, F word. Um, <laughs> like going from that to like, we did like, I think in our first two years, we did like Bonnaroo, Firefly. Like we just like, it was like a big jump. And like, I got into like the whole, like what it really means to be, a professional musician, which was like incredibly lucky and uh, eye-opening. And we hit a point um, where I kind of decided that not everything that was being done was the way that I would do it if it were my own project. I was the bass player in that band. I wasn't singing or sure. like I was, and um, I kind of, uh, we went we went and played a music festival in this is this is gonna be long that's okay <laughs> uh that's we, okay. we we went and played a music festival in upstate new york called otis mountain i would uh liken it to like a smaller camping mile so it's all outdoor stages and stuff but it's really they don't book big headliners it's all like really well curated like mile is sure it's like they know the music is going to be good even if the performer themselves is not a megastar sure and um I ended up um, meeting my girlfriend, Kelsey, who is our keyboard player up there and just like falling madly in love and realizing like, I don't know, she just made me realize like so many things about what the trajectory of life could be. And um, I ended up like, it kind of inspired me to like set aside that band and they're, they're continuing to tour and doing really well. We're playing with them next weekend. And um but I realized that I kind of, if I was going to do music, I wanted to use it as a pure form of expression uh, for myself. And um, so ended up quitting that band and picking up the guitar 
and singing and um, putting it together. And we like started as a, I, it started with me on a kick drum, like and playing the acoustic guitar pretty much like the first show, same songs. See, I would have never guessed that listening to the album. Right, yeah, so the album was like a year and a half later from that. So it started with that and then it was a two piece, me on guitar and a drummer, added a bass player and then um, we we started opening up, actually our first show as, n- not even as Rare Creatures actually, we were making up band names every time. We had, a, <laughs> we, had we, there was Neil Sawyer, Injury Lawyer, because that's my my real name is Neil Sawyer. Oh, is it really? Yeah, oh. Colin's my middle name. But uh, we played and that and Bad Wind was another one, which was like a, f- a fart joke. <laughs> <laughs> and we actually opened up for Mo Lauda as Bad Wind before we were Rare Creatures. I don't even know if they remember or realize that. Hopefully and they'll watch this and be like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. And... Yeah, and the owner of the bar, it's a bar called Royal American in Charleston. It's, like, the best music venue ever. Like, it's just, like, well, it's well curated. It's just, like, it's a tiny stage, great sound. And the the owner came up, and he's like, you guys have good songs. Like, why are you messing around? Like, why are you making up joke names all the time? He's like, do it. And so I was like, oh, all right. We're going to do it. And um, we added uh, Logan, our drummer, and Aaron, our guitar player, and Hugh, who's our bass player. Was uh, He's been my friend since, like, we've been friends since we were five. And uh, he actually had never even had designs on playing music, but he's, like, the he has, A, the best music taste I've ever encountered in a human being, and, B, he's just, like, the most relaxed, chill, responsible, like, dude. He's, yeah. he's like, our... He's our dad <laughs> That's in awesome. the best way possible. And I like how he mixes up between, you know, synth bass and regular bass and stuff. Yeah. Sometimes you get to purists who are like, you know, I don't want any of that. Yeah. No, and he's and he the way that he jumps back, the sound that he it blends really well. I think it's not like two super distinct sounds. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. He um, he's more tone conscious than any of us. And it's his first band. So then um, what do you see in the near future then? So the near future, we are currently touring as kind of a different band than we were on our first album, interestingly enough, Um, because we're touring with a lot of new music. We're also touring with Kelsey, our keyboard player, who's filling in a lot of the roles that we're missing from our live show that are on our album. And then she's also adding a harmony aspect to our uh, touring thing and she, and she's um also playing like uh she's playing midi like she's playing like a she's playing through a computer so she has options that a traditional keyboard player doesn't have like she can do percussion or horns or like anything like that so it's just like it, and the violin is also a new thing for us so it's like it's interesting to be at this point where like mile they're like oh where can i hear that violin song or any of that and it's like we just started doing that this month i know so vanessa my wife is helping produce this show right you got the violin and i looked at (laughs) she's like i didn't know their songs had violin in it because it wasn't there it wasn't in any of the stuff we were previewing coming in they don't and then like the originals but it still sounded like it fit your band yeah like it it fit the sound you were going for it wasn't like we're just going to switch over to folk really quick it, it wasn't, it was, yeah. it still fit you. To be totally honest, 
a lot of our songs, like when I play the guitar, you might, you may or may not notice this, but I'm usually playing one note at a time. Hmm. Like India, you know, yeah, that song? that's a good song. It's all one note at a time. Very rarely am I playing chords ever. And that's because I started on violin and violin is always one note at a time. We wrote down some questions for each other yes. uh, that are completely unknown and yes. we're going to exchange uh, answering them. I would love to hear your answers. All right. Most embarrassing middle school moment. Okay. So we had an art teacher okay. that um, he would, we'll say chaperone lunchtime. He would just like walk around and just like make sure people were sitting at their tables and eating or whatever. And his one thing was that you no sitting on the table. You had to sit on the chair or the stool, but you couldn't sit on the table. Like up on the table. Yeah, like yeah. get up. And if you were just like waiting, mm-hmm. like if you finish eating, you can't just like hang around and sit. You can't put your butt on the table. Okay. I thought it would be so cool if we all did it at the same time. Like everybody's going to get up right as lunch is ending and we're all going to turn around and we're going to sit on the table. Yeah. Because you can't bust all of us. Rebels. And I was the only one who sat on the table. Right. And like all my friends laughed at me. And I thought it was super embarrassing. That is embarrassing. Because there was like, there was like a countdown to it and everything. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't the only one counting down. But I was the one trying to get everybody to do it because I thought it would be so cool. And yeah. I was like in sixth grade or seventh grade. And uh, I was the only one who did it. But I, I can feel... At the time, yeah. I was the most embarrassed kid in the yeah. entire class. I can feel that feel though. You know, like yeah. that that just like you're the center of attention yeah not in a the way you were expecting <laughs> yeah so i went home um and that was like one of the first time i went through this phase in middle school where i f- i found out that i didn't really have any friends because i was a dick like i just didn't treat people very well i thought i was really good at stuff and i wasn't i wasn't good at sports i wasn't good at music i wasn't good at like i thought i was and i treated people that way like i treated people like I work harder than all of you and I'm way cooler than all of you and blah, blah, blah. So I was trying to prove myself with this joke, right? Yeah. On this chaperone. So I went home and I remember like bawling to my mom. I was like 13 or whatever. And I was like, I don't friends, you yeah, know, whatever, middle school drama. <laughs> and my mom's like, she was very nice. She's just like, it's probably not that bad, whatever. And she told me to divert my energy elsewhere. So I graduate, it was kind of a rough, patch after that just feeling like I, I didn't have a whole lot of close friends so I graduate eighth grade right. getting ready to go into freshman year high school and every day that summer I didn't hang out with any friends I played drums seven or eight hours a day and I was last chair because it's all chairs when you're in band I was last chair percussion with and there were eight of us in one grade eight eight drummers in one grade I was last chair so eight out of eight by the time I got to freshman, I, well, I took over being one of the leaders on the drum line, and I became one of the, the top drummer for jazz, jazz one for the entire high school. And my ego was gone. That is so real. But be- I, I'm so glad that that's where that story went, yeah. because to have the cognizance to be like, I didn't have any friends because of the way that I was being towards other people. Yeah. That's very, yeah. That's it was very humbling at the time because yeah. I was just like, this is my fault. I'm going to do something about it. So I'm just going to like, 
I'm going to take a break from talking to everybody. I'm going to divert all my energy to music because that's really what I care about. And I went from last chair in my class to basically first or second chair of the whole school, of like the whole high school. That's very, but and that's I don't very I, cool. And I don't. It's even hard for me to say that because it sounds egotistical. No, no, no. But it, it was a. Yeah. It was like a fact. It was. Yeah. And from then on, my entire high school career was like running jazz band, running pep band, running marching band. Like I was right. the guy who was organizing. And you've like, learned been, probably so much like socially from that. Yeah, I learned one little thing. It was that. That's why when I read it, I was like, I can tell you exactly what it is. Yeah. To me, that was like the moment where I realized that I was a jerk. That's huge. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So anyways, that's the full circle. Dude. So love that. Anyways, really one of your questions. Yeah. Oh, do I enjoy guitar or violin more? Violin. It's just like I've been doing it since I was 12. So it's like picking it up. I never do it. And then I do it. And I'm just like, oh, like, so basically I don't even have to think. So basically you made the switch between being able to read music and like do it technically very well into because I know it so well, I will use this to channel my voice through it. Exactly. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, violin is just like, I don't have to think about it at all. Like, I have to think about guitar so much more when I'm playing. I have to, like, process thoughts, and, like, violin is just, like, straight channel. Well, thanks so much for being on the show um, and taking some time out of your super busy weekend. Thank you. Um, thanks for being at the festival and, and good luck with the rest of the shows that you have this weekend. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah. Thank you.